the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. To have faith in God is not a stagnant state. It's a journey. As believers, we should grow in our knowledge of God and His Word. Walk with Alan Cutting and many other believers as we walk the believer's journey. Aloha, and thank you for joining us today on The Believer's Journey. I want to thank all of our sponsors. I want to thank everybody who prays for us, who shares our program, watches our program, who gives to our program. I really do sincerely appreciate that. I also want to inject here, I don't know if I've really mentioned this, but we had a, uh, a drive to give uh, money so we can buy food and things for a group in Pakistan for 100 homes, and we were allotted 50 of those. And we went ahead and made our goal, a lot of it thanks to you and your giving. And so I just wanted to say thank you, um, and I'm sure the people in uh, Pakistan truly, truly appreciate this. Anyway, today we have a pretty interesting program. We're going to talk about truth. What is truth? And my guest today, his name is Aaron Phillips. And Aaron is the president of uh, the Christian Chamber of San Antonio. And and so he is here. Hello. Hey, good to see you. Thanks for having me on. Uh, It's an honor to be here. So um, I actually, we just met just recently. Uh And it was actually because of my wife. Oh, you need to call this guy. (laughs) (laughs) So, but you have a really, really interesting past. Okay. So you've been in ministry, you know, and you're you're also a coach. And tell us a little bit about this before we get into what you do now. Yeah. So tell you a little bit about kind of like where I'm at right now, or getting here. Getting here. Yeah. So, uh, so. Kind of just where I've I've arrived is I'm originally from small town in West Texas. Uh, if you're familiar with uh, Texas football, uh, born and raised in Odessa, Texas, went to seminary in uh, a little town just outside of Houston. Met my lovely wife, who I've now been married for 15 years. I've done youth ministry on a um, you know on a bivocational basis, if you will. Spoken at a lot of different churches been honored to uh, lead small groups and and teach young people. I've also uh, just recently was a youth pastor for five years where God was just eternally faithful. Took a youth youth group there from seven kids to over 120. Then COVID happened. And then after COVID, I was able to build it back up um, from 20 to over 70. And, And God was just really good to us. He's been just super faithful. And then from there, he had called me into the business place where now I do leadership, coaching, speaking, and consulting. Uh, and it ended up being one of those. I walked into a Christian chamber meeting and God said, hey, this is a place where you need to stay. So ended up staying. And here we are a year, almost a year and a half later, uh, I'm the president of it. And so, yeah, so God was, uh, God has always been good. He's always been faithful, and the Holy Spirit's always been leading. So I just do my best to that is keep, great. keep pace. <laughs> so I'm familiar with uh, the Christian Chamber of San Antonio back in 2003, I think it was. We, uh, I was one of the help begin to start this uh, organization. We called it the Christian Business Chamber of Commerce. Right. And it's interesting is, and I don't know if you know this, because in all our talk, we didn't, I didn't mention this, but for the first year or two, the first year, we got all kinds of phone calls around the country mm-hmm. and asking us, how are we doing this? How is it going? And people wanting to start one or having trouble with them, whether yeah. in Georgia or whatever country, or state they're in. So, it, so it's pretty cool that it's lasted this long. And, and we still get those phone calls. You know, they go to sometimes uh, whether, uh, you know, whether or not I'm, I'm able to interact with them, but there's still quite a few people who reach out and like, hey, how do y'all do this? How do we, we get all that together? And I think that's one of the goals of some of our, uh, you know, your wife, who is a past president, um, uh, on with the advisory. You know, there's some individuals on our advisory board who are all past presidents. Some of them have a, a vision to see 
that really expand and just be able to, hey, here's a model that we've done that we found that works. Here's something that, that you can do. Uh, but really being able to champion what's already been passed down is, is incredible. Um, you know, like you said, it started in uh, 2003. I think you even said that, that there was actually a group there that actually started before that, but then it really all pulled together. So 21 years this organization has been around, and if anything, it, it's a testament to the leadership of, of past individuals and the faithfulness of God. You know, it's funny. When we had the Christian Business Chamber of Commerce for the first few months, Dalton's idea, he was the main founder, he, uh, he, we would have board meetings. And his idea of a board was anybody who shows up, you're on the board and we <laughs> vote, and whoever votes. But the problem was some days we'll have 30 people show up, or then 20 people, or maybe five people at a different time. And it got to be where I told him, we have to have a, a board <laughs> <laughs> who's always accountable so we don't have this, you know, whole different thing. So then we created the board and you know, fixed our bylaws, and it, it was just so funny. But, but yeah, it was just really, you know, by the seat of our pants. Yeah, I mean, and that's, the, and I think that's the thing is that it's bringing that, uh, bringing that that leadership aspect to what you did. It's like, hey, we we got to have some, um, <laughs> we got to have some order. Yeah. I think we were just talking about it a little while ago. Is as you know, in reading the Bible, having, you know. Uh, let everything be done decently and in order. That's that's for us in in all areas. And it goes okay. Well, let's. How do you bring this together and go? Okay, we got to provide some structure. Like this is great. Yeah. Everybody wants to be a board member. Everyone wants to help out. But let's provide the structure so we can really grow. We were really fortunate. Also, um, the vice president at the time, who was also part founder, was Dean Rush. Mm. I don't know if you know who that is. Oh yeah. He. Um, he, he was an amazing man. He was somebody who was a Vietnam pilot who was shot down. He started his, he started a business of like what FedEx is today, but he did it for Texas. Wow. And then FedEx bought him out. So he did that. He was a senior vice president for American Airlines. I mean, he just, he has so much. So he was actually the vice president, the very first vice president. And he had a lot of help with the organizational part of it as, as a management, so mm. that was good. Yeah, finding, finding the right people and being able to maximize their their giftings, abilities, and potential always, always yeah. proves dividends. Yeah, in fact, it was funny, our lunches, there was like a sandwich with a little piece of meat in it, you know, <laughs> it's $5, you know, <laughs> and it was actually more than what we you know, we usually had, ended up in the hole. Yeah. And so Dalton would pay for it, you know. It's really kind of funny. It's just really, the very beginnings was just amazingly not anything, but we grew like 200 people in a year. Wow. So it was just amazing. Yeah. So. Uh, and and, and uh, that's why Jesus always says, like, don't despise small beginnings. A lot of times yeah. people want to step in, like, oh, I want to do this, and then, it's going to take me, you know, five minutes, and it's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. But really, it's that, like you said, it's going through the process of no one knows of. Yeah, we would have lunch, you know, you know, uh, um, lunch meat and just quick sandwiches, the no condiments or whatever. But then, yeah. you know, you meet like that five or six times, and then next thing you know, six months later, whoa, like we have some momentum. God's doing something. God's growing it. God's building, and then. You look back, and like you said, 200 people, you were going, what did we get ourselves into? <laughs> well, you know what changed our meals was that they're okay. They're, you know, just kind of okay. But all of a sudden, one day, one week, or I guess we do it once a month. So one time we had lunch, and the meat was like half as much as normal. Mm. And we got complaints like, okay, that's done. So we just had to let that person go and find a new way of having lunch. Because that just wasn't acceptable. Yeah. So it's just interesting. Yeah. There's a term, uh, you know, there, there's a term that's really famous about excellence. You know, excellence is doing the very best you can with what you have. And one of the things I like to tell people is excellence grows, though. Yeah. Eventually, what was what was the, your very best is now your least effort. Yeah. And so when you, you know, those things, is, you look at it and you go, okay, hey, like, as as honoring Jesus in in this chamber— we have to just be a little bit better. 
Yeah, so. I, that's really true. That's true with anything we want to do or we are involved in. Mm -hmm. You know. Yes, sir. So tell me, what is your goal and what are, what are your what is your vision for the Christian Chamber? Yeah, so the vision that we have right now for the for the Christian Chamber, and I say right now because we know where we're going, but it's I'm only here for four years max, so two years, and if I get reelected, you know, another two years, but. Uh, but where we're going right now is we really want to inspire and uplift Christ-centered businesses in the marketplace. That's really important to us. That's mm -hmm. our, uh, our purpose statement, if you will. We do that by focusing on four key areas. So we want to provide community, which we do through our luncheons. Uh, happens, if you're here in San Antonio, happens every second Thursday. Um, we do that through, uh, sorry, then the next thing that we do is we want to provide spiritual growth. And the way that we help with that, we have a monthly Bible study. Uh, we do that every first Thursday of the month. The third thing that we want to do is we want to provide networking opportunities. And we do that through our mixer, which happens on this Friday, actually the third Friday of the month, uh, through, through networking mixers where people can come and pass out business cards, pamphlets, and just get, grab a cup of coffee and go. And the last thing that we want to do is we want to provide with education. So focus on, uh, and we do that through a quarterly workshop. Just different things that may, you know, that someone who maybe they're doing really good this year in their business, maybe they're, you know, anywhere from, you know, seven, eight million dollars in revenue, and they're like, oh my gosh, we're doing really, really well, but these are new obstacles. These are new things that we're going to have to look at. Whoa, my taxes are really high. Uh, is there something that I can attend that might be, we want to be able to support that through some educational pieces. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's someone who they're just getting into business and then they need to learn about their taxes. Uh, I think uh, things like that, leadership, um, uh, leadership cohorts or workshops as well. Whatever is, uh, what is it going to look like in the political landscape? Why is voting important? Some, some just different things that come in that we, we're not, it's not the main thing, but it's something that we need to learn about, that we need to educate ourselves on, uh, and, and that we can provide that value to the Christian business community here in San Antonio. So focusing on those four areas, we really see that, and being able to really get behind gospel-centered um, uh, endeavors that happen in the city. I was I was told that uh, we were one of the uh, we were one of the most difficult cities to raise money for a gospel event, and that really bothered me. So that we could help businesses grow, Christian businesses grow, that could turn around and provide generosity to their local worship. Hmm. So, for those of, those who are in San Antonio, mm -hmm. where where do you meet? Yes. And what time and where, you know. All yeah, that. absolutely. Yeah, so just, just going a little bit deeper into that. So uh, every first, uh, so I'll go through just kind of in order. So every first Thursday, uh, our Bible study happens at Kingdom Life, um, Kingdom Life Ministries uh, over off of 35 and 1,000 Oaks. Uh, that meets at, we meet there at 7.30, from 7.30 to 8.30. Our, our board pastor, Tyrone McCreary, he gives a Bible study, and we provide uh, just a light breakfast, tacos, coffee. Uh, every second Thursday, we have our luncheon, and with and at our luncheon, that happens at Connected Coworking um, off, of 10 and, uh, off of I-10 and Wurzbach Parkway. And then every third Friday, we have our uh, networking mixer. Our, we call it our morning mixer, and that happens at Tectonic Coworking off of 1604 in Northwest Military. Uh, it's a little bit difficult to get to, but you go uh, behind the building and then up the stairs on the second floor. There's a coffee shop there inside there, and we have a large room set up where we're looking to just connect with as many people and pass out, uh, um, pass out business cards, just meet other Christians who are doing business in San Antonio. That happens at 7.30 this Friday, actually. So uh, uh, this Friday, the, which will be the third Friday of the month, from 7.30 to 8.30, come enjoy a cup of coffee. The cost is only $10, uh, and that helps cover uh, the room uh, as well as just anyone else who may come in for their first time. Now, is there a cost for any of this? Yeah, so we have membership. Uh, our membership is very, very affordable. So for $50 a month, which is our, our, our lowest one, if you're just looking to just kind of check it out and look look for yourself, it's only $50 a month, and it's free access to 
everything that I just said. So everything's included in that membership, uh, as well as some some other things. Um, uh, our membership directory on our website that's, that's currently being worked on. Uh, we'll also have uh, a couple key things, maybe uh, some. Um, that that kind of boosts that membership to really make it valuable. It also helps us to reach more uh, more Christian business owners in the area. So our membership starts at fifty dollars, but maybe you're you're looking at it uh, and you're and you're and you're wondering, hey, well, what if I just want to come to one event? So our Bible study is free. Uh, we want to do that as a ministry back to the city of San Antonio. Then our luncheon is twenty five dollars. To, uh, to attend, and our uh, mixer is $10 to attend. So if you're just looking to attend uh, on an individual you know, event basis, or if you're looking to, hey, um, I want to be all in, I want to support the chamber, I want to reach more people, I want to empower and uh, inspire and uplift other Christ-centered businesses, man, let me be a member, let me really reach out there and, uh, and, and help us in reaching more people. Now, you mentioned a lot about business owners, but you don't need to be, this isn't just for business owners. It's right? not. You're right. Yeah, th- you're, you're absolutely right. This is for anyone who is, uh, if you're a business leader, if you, maybe you're an executive at an organization, maybe you're, uh, you're a, an entrepreneur, you're just starting out, uh, or you're, you're looking to grow your business. So we have individuals that come from, uh, we have bankers, uh, financial advisors attorneys we have a whole lot of uh, um, we, we have a, a lot of people from a lot of different places what if I just work in the mail room hey we would love for you to come out maybe it's something that you're looking to be inspired into um, you, you know if you, if you work in the mail room and you're like hey I wonder what does it look like to one day own a business what does it look like to one day grow past where I'm at uh, that, okay. we, we'd love for you to come and, and, and hang out with us. So I remember when we first started the Christian Business Chamber that it was for anybody in any business to learn how to bring Christ into the business workplace. Mm-hmm. So it, it was for any person who goes to work. Yeah. I'm, what I'm hearing now is you're looking at more leadership qualities and leadership people rather than just anybody. Yeah, and, and and I think that over the over the past twenty years, that was really what it what it has evolved into has been more of part of that could be because of when we meet, when we meet, uh, uh, you know, all of our meetings are a luncheon. Lunch. Yeah, and so I remember you had told me before that it was one of those where uh, you, when it first started, it was in the evening, so it was really accessible to everyone. No, actually, we started it in the daytime. The only oh, okay. evening thing we had was a we had a uh, tabletop. Oh. It was like a networking tabletop, and if you wanted to purchase a tabletop, like $100 for that, and then you would put your items on there and let people come and show your business off and try to get clients or customers or people to buy from you or whatever. Gotcha, okay. But it was always during the daytime, luncheon, we had our we had our meetings. However, there were times when we would have a church. There was a couple churches just down the block from from where we met, and they would bring their staff. Yeah, absolutely. So we would have we would have secretaries and receptionists and youth leaders and all that would come yeah. all together, and they would all sit at tables. You know, yeah, at the table tables. Now we still have that. There's so we we have that on different levels. So we have a, a micro and a macro level where if let's say and a lot of that comes from the business owner or the leader who has a membership and they want their staff to be a part of the meetings. They find that they find that that what we're doing is something that they want their whole company or their organization to be involved in. So then they, they'll actually bring that. So that's definitely something that still happens today. We do target the leader, though, um, because when change happens at the top, it happens throughout the organization. Okay. So if I'm a, a leader in, in a business mm-hmm. and I want to bring some of my staff, yeah. their membership, does that include every person in that, or is there a different... Yeah, so there are different tiers. So we have a, a, a solo level, a solo, or we call it a solopreneur or entrepreneur, and so and that covers just one person, uh, and that's at that fifty dollars rate. And so you can go on our website and, and look at all these. And we have a micro one, and that covers uh, three people, and we have a macro, and so and that covers up to five people. And so and, and in that, it's uh, you get five people plus someone 
other, five other people who maybe it's their first time. So, hey, you know what? This is something that's going to be really important. Uh, I would like to bring, uh, like, our next one coming up uh, on February 8th, uh, we have uh, someone coming and talking about Christian health, uh, health sharing plans. So maybe insurance is too much. How am I able to offer something for my people or something for those who are uh, those in my organization where we want to take care of them and be able to provide that for them? So we have someone coming in who's going to talk about that. And that, those are great, you know, what you said, it's a great opportunity for uh, maybe a, a manager, CEO, um, a leader to bring some of their people, maybe a pastor who of a smaller church who has probably a couple of people working with him, and that he goes, man, I need, I just need to know this. I wish that there was something where I could bring me and my staff that's not really expensive, that's less than $100, and be able to come eat a good meal, connect with some people, and learn something valuable. That's good. I like that. Now, I got a couple more questions. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Well, other than the statement, I was on your website, but you your website hasn't got the update. You're still not president. Yes, I know. <laughs> that is, yeah, yeah. So for sure, that is that, that is. We still have our, our last president and uh, um, and some of the board members who have uh, who just moved on. Uh, they're still on there. Yes. So our website is. Uh, we actually just talked about um, getting uh, someone to come in and update our website and, and contracting someone out. So we are definitely still. Uh, on the move as far as it comes to the transitional piece and really pulling everything back together, uh, as most volunteer things are, you know. So uh, this is not something that we're um, – there's actually no one uh, on the board uh, that's really, oh, man, I think ever, ever – taken a penny from from the chamber it's all been a volunteer role that we serve uh, but we, we're looking to definitely serve that in excellence and so have the uh, the website updated very very soon <laughs> very very soon so uh, one of the questions I have because our program actually reaches around the world so you yeah. have you have groups I do know that there are groups that watch this program in different countries so can your model work for people, let's say, in Moldova or in Pakistan or in Germany or the other countries? I think so. The, the reason why I think that the model works is because there are, uh, there are different ways that you can do the model but then break up the pricing structure. Mm-hmm. And so whether that is, hey, we have a lot of people come in together where we're building the community, where we're looking to inspire and uplift, where we're looking to encourage, uh, where we're looking, you're looking to edify. You can find that, you know, a lot of these terms that we use in scripture. And so one of the things is, are you, for us, we're looking to build Christians spiritually. Can you do that anywhere? You know, can, can you use this model of, of building Christian business owners or Christian business leaders spiritually? Can you help build in community? Can you help build through education? And uh, can you help build through networking? Absolutely. So that model will work no matter where you're at. Now, how you go about it may be a little bit different. Maybe it's one of those where you're in a place where, hey, you know, we don't, we don't really meet for coffee. That's not something that we do. Maybe what we do is, uh, and I'm not familiar with a lot of those cultures, coffee here in America is... Uh, a staple to go to. Well, in many countries, <laughs> yeah. tea is a big thing, right? And so maybe it's one of those where it's like, hey, you know, you know, that morning mixer wouldn't work for us, but you know, it would work an afternoon tea, yeah. where we get together and we get to we get to network with each other, we get to talk. Maybe uh, breaking bread though has been synonymous uh, mm. all throughout Scripture. God commanded. Uh, multiple feasts where it says, hey, what are we going to do at this time? Where you're going to sit down, you're going to break bread, you're going to talk, and you're going to celebrate. And that's what we do in building community with our luncheons. We sit down, we talk. Um, It's one of those things that that right now as we kind of navigate it, you're not allowed to hand out any business cards. It's really intentional to make sure that the person sitting on the other side of the table is the focus. And hey, let's actually have a meaningful conversation, see if this is something where we could be a good fit for each other and you know, if anything, if not, then at least I gained another brother or sister in Christ that I know that I can make a contact with. And then sometimes it, it, it evolves or you meet somebody. It's like, hey, you know, you're actually, 
I was actually looking for an attorney or I was looking for someone who owns a landscaping business or I was looking for a plumber or I was looking for a financial advisor, whatever it may be, uh, that those conversations just grow because of community. So if I was in a meeting and I saw somebody I needed to connect with, like a CPA, I can't ask for his card? You don't get to ask for his card. What we encourage you to do is really just go ahead and take your phone out, get his information, and set up a meet, uh, set up another time to meet where you can really dive in. Really go ahead and just take, we, we want to take the business card out and just go ahead and you take the next step. Okay. Instead of just going like, hey, you know what, call me later. And so and we've all been to the part where we've had business cards, so many of them that we just end up throwing them away. We want to just, we want to remove that obstacle and go, hey, if this is real community, this is someone that I really care and really trust, uh, that I want to know, hey, let's just go ahead and take that next step right now. And that's true other than your your day you set aside for networking, which the business cards come out. Come on, absolutely, yeah. So for those people who they're looking to hand out, you know, as many business cards as possible, they're looking to just get out there and, and that, that really makes them feel fulfilled and they're networking, man, we want to create a space for that where we also have some games, maybe some giveaways, different things like that that really make it uh, who someone, maybe they can just come by, they want to grab a cup of coffee, say hello to a few people, drop off some business cards because they got to get to their next meeting. That's what we want to make that space for, for those that, that want to come through and they're in a hurry. They're like, but you know what, maybe I can meet someone real quick, 10 minutes, grab a cup of coffee, 15, 20, whatever that looks like for them. Come by, we want you to mix real quick, and then you can get, get to where you need to go. We totally understand that. That's really cool. Well, if you're interested, if you happen to be in San Antonio, um, the, you can go to our website, thebelieversjourney.net, and on the guest page, right at the top there, you'll see a logo uh, the Christian uh, Chamber logo of San Antonio, and you click on it, it goes right to the website. Uh, or you can see also the email there, and you can do that, and you want to contact. It has all the information you need to know uh, where to go on these uh, to these meetings. Yes, sir. However, if you're out of the country or out of the state and you're interested in this program and you want more information, you can also do the same thing. Go to the email, write the email, and uh, Aaron most likely will get back to you or he'll send it off to somebody to get back to you. Yeah. I, actually, it'll be me, yeah. So I'll definitely get back to you personally. So be honored to reach out and connect with anyone who, who uh, reaches out to us. So, Is there anything you want to tell our audience about the chamber or anything like that man i really it's just uh i think that the christian chamber really just shows the faithfulness of god that through ups and downs that god is eternally faithful that uh the scripture that comes to my mind is philippians 1 6 that we can always be confident that god who started the work is faithful to to complete it uh to the coming of, of jesus and that's one of the things that i see with the christian chamber is that through ups and downs through 20 years surviving um, <laughs> surviving COVID and, and all the different restrictions and things that came with that. And, and, and just um, w- w- the, the chamber deals with people. And so, you know, you have certain people that come in, maybe not have the best, uh, not just outlook, but intentions. And that God is, uh, that, that we can experience God's keeping power, not just as an individual, but also as a Christian organization, is really encouraging. So if that's something that you feel in your life is is happening, know that God's eternally faithful. And if you're in the San Antonio area and you've been to a previous meeting uh, years ago or a decade ago, yeah. uh, two decades ago. <laughs> Which um, we have had some people come, we came, came to our last one, they're like, I haven't been here in... 10 years, 15 years, and I was, yeah. I was like, well, thank you like for, for showing back up. We appreciate yeah. it. I have to tell you, my wife, who is now on the advisory board, because uh, she was a past president, uh, I never was a president. I didn't want to be president. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but she had nothing but good things to say, and that was really good. So she said the meeting was really nice, and uh, I recommend you you try it out. And if you, like I said, if you're interested and you're somewhere else and you're interested in uh, how it works and you want to do something similar, you know, send an email. I think that would be really be good. Yeah, we we would love to help uh, in any way that we can. You know, uh, 
especially when it comes to the informational side, and then uh, help you help you try something. And sometimes we try and we fail, and that's how we learn. And then we just reset, reengage, and uh, and give it another give it another go from a different different angle. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay, let's move on. We're going to talk about truth. Okay. Okay, and I guess we title this, or we should title, What is Truth? And um, it's, it's really interesting because I think in the, ever since I began this ministry, you know, we've been getting emails, we've been getting people writing us. I've noticed a trend, and I don't know if it's just recent or if it's been a long time. We've had this program now, this ministry, for over three years. And I'm, I'm realizing there's a lot of people who read something. I'm, I'm not talking about pastors. I'm not talking about teachers or professors or scholars. Just your, your you know, person, regular person picking up a Bible and reading. And, and I'm noticing that I'm getting questions. I'm getting comments. I'm getting statements even people who want to attack some of the things that I have said. Um, and it's it's like all of a sudden they're a scholar mm-hmm. because yeah. they know the truth because they've read this little scripture and, and they know exactly what it means and how it all fits together by one one little sentence. And that's really not truth. It, right. it just kind of fits into the, the whole scheme, scheme of things. But the word truth... You know, I mean, I was kind of had a lot of illumination in these last few days about truth. Truth, uh, as we read it in our scripture, uh, it comes in the form of a noun. It comes in the form of a verb, but it mm. also comes in the form of an adverb and an adjective. So the word truth, basically how you how it is in the language, original language, um, comes in different forms. Uh, when he says truly, truly, we're talking about most likely a, an adjective, yeah, you know, and, and so forth. But I want to talk about the word um, as we see it in a, as a verb and as a noun. Um, truth is so important because, I mean, throughout all of Scripture, whether it's all the way from Genesis all the way through the Bible, yeah. um, it talks about truth. It talks about the word of truth. God is truth, you know. Um, and I think it's so important we understand the the dynamics of that. Yeah. So when I look at truth, and we're going to get real technical here, then we want to just discuss. But um, there's there's two key words. We'll start with the first one. Um, it's alethuo. Okay. Okay. It's the Greek word, and it's a verb. Okay, and, and when we read it, and you have it in scriptures like Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14, 15, and you have it in Genesis 42, 16. Um, and what this means, it's to deal faithfully or truly with anyone. Okay, whether you deal um, truly or not, it's, it's just speaking truth. It's a, I tell you the truth. Yeah. So it's 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 in the verb form in in Ephesians four fifteen I just mentioned it says but speaking the truth in love okay we're speaking of a verb okay mm-hmm. speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ so here we have the verb truth help me with this yeah I think you, you had said something that I think was was really uh, was really profound is that. So, it's it's essentially the, the establishment of of what is truth, and whenever you find uh, whenever you find truth or something that you can really the the truth of Jesus that you can build your life on, you're essentially there's an old saying where if you take if you're going to shoot a rocket to the moon, you have to be very precise, and I believe that's what truth is. Truth will help you get to the end goal of what you're looking to accomplish. If someone tells you the truth, a partial truth, say, hey, well, you know, if you were to go up there and you were to take a right, you'll find your nearest McDonald's. Mm-hmm. But you actually have to take two rights. And so although it's true, it's partially true. 
It's the same way that if we don't, if you don't establish the truth from God's word, what it's what God's word is commu- really communicating in context, that it's like shooting a rocket, being off six inches, be, you know, being uh, uh, aiming six inches the wrong way here puts you six hundred miles off up there. Yeah. When I was, um, I lived with this pastor. Uh, he's he's actually been on the program, Lon Ekdal. I have to give him this because he taught this to me. Um, there's there's truth as we speak, and then there's honesty. Mm. And a lot of times we'll say something truthful. We'll leave out information <laughs> because we don't want to tell the lie. Right. But in reality, we're being dishonest. Yeah which I think is what fits here, we're not being truthful. Mm-hmm. And I think this is where that applies. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely agree with that. I think in you know, where people find their truth, uh, a lot of times they're looking just more for affirmation. I want someone to affirm a way that I feel. I was actually just looking up on, uh, uh, on my phone just this quick um, uh, most popular social media platforms. And so since... How, how you had said someone will, will, will read a verse or they'll read something and they'll take it and they'll go, oh, this is for me, right? And so we, we laughed over, over lunch the other day how so many people want Jeremiah 29, 11 for their life, <laughs> right? And it's like, you really don't, though. Like, if you were to really read the whole thing, it's probably not, that, that wouldn't be right. like your top 10 list. Um, however, now in in my generation, which I'm a millennial and uh, and and younger, a lot of them are coming up and they're they're not looking to their Bible for truth. They're looking at uh, a personality. They're looking at social media, whether it be Facebook, YouTube, um, and so. And as I was looking through here, it, we would be surprised at where someone gains truth. Uh, you know, the the top five. Or sorry, the top four uh, social media platforms is Facebook with three billion users, uh, WhatsApp with seven or two point seven billion, uh, YouTube with two roughly two point five, and Instagram with two billion. Now, if something gets a thousand likes, it's considered trending, or or it's considered viral, and someone may even look at that. And let's say some let's say a video or or someone reads a scripture or they throw a thought or an idea, you know, depending on whatever your social media of preference is, Facebook, for example, has three billion. But if you watch one of their reels or something, maybe someone says something and you're like, oh man, I agree with that. And you give it a like, you give it a thumbs up and you realize that, wow, 30,000 other people agree with me as well. It's got 30,000 likes. So therefore the idea or the thought process must be true. And I think we have to kind of go back and go, hey, look, let's put this in reality of what is God's word says, or what God's word says. But even in that, only 30,000 people out of 3 billion agree with you. Well, there's and, a lot of times I'll agree with something and not put a like on it. Right, absolutely. <laughs> you know, but, but even, even some of those things, but if it's one of those where, you, where the, 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 the next generation or even some of us, we, the person who made that or someone who may see it, and, and I dealt with this a lot as a youth pastor, is they saw it, someone shared it because they're like, hey, I like this idea, but really it's how you had, how you had said so beautifully, it's, there may be some truth in it, but there's a lot of dishonesty underneath it. Mm-hmm. That, hey, following your feelings may make you feel good now, but it'll hurt your soul and your lifestyle later on yeah you know i think it's it's um it's been something that's been in deep with me because what i told you earlier about what is true what is honest what is partial which makes something dishonest for example you know somebody may something say something on facebook so you said we have three billion here who or let's say thirty thousand likes on a particular Statement, but then you have twenty thousand dislikes. Does that mean it cancels out twenty thousand of the likes, and you're only ten thousand? Yeah, well, I don't even think you're able, you're even able to dislike a video anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. I believe they took that away because there was so much of the, on YouTube. I believe you can, but I I don't think you can on Facebook anymore. 
Well, I know you can't on YouTube. I get yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, 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 you can. Uh, but I think YouTube even took it away where they no longer show the the dislikes they only only the the creator can actually see the dislikes but oh, okay. yeah yeah, yeah so. I, see, I see those dislikes yeah <laughs> <laughs> but there's always and, and you know and that's the thing there's there's always going to be people who they look at it and they go well I disagree with this and I want you and I want you to know about it I think the the uh, um, one of the things that, that kind of comes about though is that can you disagree in truth where you are willing to step away from the anonymity and go, hey, I disagree with you, but I'd love to have a conversation for us to discover, to discover truth. And I believe that that's a place that we miss out a lot is uh, uh, is the ability to have conversations, to really narrow down on here's the truth and here's why. Yeah. One of the things I have a real problem with in, in the scriptures uh, w- with what people bring to me is that they'll take a passage and they'll read it to me and then they'll bring in what it means with an interpretation of it supposedly being actual or fact. Mm. And I have to come back, but that's just an interpretation and it could be wrong. And it's like, no, this is what it says. And they're, they're, they just key in on their interpretation has to be absolute. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, it's hard to get people to back away to see that. And, and I'm having a, a hard time trying to reach people who've already made up their mind based on the one thing they saw. So their interpretation is the one thing it is. But if I bring four or five or six or seven or 20 other scriptures to say, but this is really how it blends in. No, 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 no. And they don't see that. And I don't understand how to reach that group. Yeah, I, what, I would, what I would recommend in that is that one of the, one of the ways to help that, because I've, I've t- definitely talked to that person before and haven't had 100% success, so hear me out on this. But um, uh, one of the things that has that that definitely helped is, especially if they're over here in the West, is helping them to understand, hey, this is not a Western book. So it's not 100% literal. Mm-hmm. There are some, some things that are type and shadow, foreshadowing. There are some things that are prophecy. There are some things where... Um, you know the uh, uh, whenever they do the actual biblical, uh, when someone actually sits down and they draw out the biblical description of an angel, right? It looks really, really weird. But all this person is saying is that remember, you know, I think Isaiah said it perfectly, where he said, "Hey, I see a man, and he's on a tree." Well, he's talking. He's prophesying about the cross. But he doesn't know what a cross is, mm-hmm. and so it's going. Hey, so this is what this is. This is not com- how you said completely literal. So we need to look at it and go. Hey, what about this? Is uh, um, what about this is more of an Eastern thought, a Middle Eastern thought, even even more so, where we can start to go. Okay, this is probably how they're writing this. This is how they're. This is what they're really trying to say. And it, it, to their friend, just like you and I talking, you know, if someone sees this five or six years later, the chamber could be doing something a little bit different as we grow and we change with the times. However, it's like, well, wait, well, they used to do this. I bet, I bet they were talking about this. I bet they were talking about that. And it goes, well, some things have changed over time. So I think with those people, it's, it's that, hey, look, here's what we're Here's what, what what people are really going through. This is what what they're really saying. Well, I I don't like it. And then I think the next part goes. You have to have an honest conversation with. Uh, they need to have an honest conversation with themselves and go. Are you one afraid of being wrong about your previous thought? Did you make decisions based up that that ended up not going well? Mm-hmm. And you're looking to just blame God for that, because hey God, I did what you said. Now you're supposed to bless me, honor me, whatever it may be. Because I made this decision through this worldview, yeah. and that's uh, that can be a humbling thing. Um, where the second part is, you just have to eat some humble pie and go, "Oh, wait a minute! I may not know as much as I thought." Yeah, you know, you know, it's interesting. Um, what uh, one thing that, that you just brought up about the language, the writing being in Middle East, also it's timing because mm-hmm. the way that we perceive. 
writing today and the way that and the way we write today is totally different than the way people perceive things and wrote 3000 years ago an example you know the hebrew language back then or ancient hebrew people thought perceived and wrote in idioms Mm, yeah. which, which are a way of saying analogies. Right. Here, here's a perfect one, okay? And I've, I've told people this one before. <clears throat> when God told Lot to leave, you know, Sodom, okay, leave, don't look back, okay? Um, and they left, and it says, and his wife looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. Mm-hmm. Now, there's two idioms in this, believe it or not, in the Hebrew language. One is to look back isn't necessarily to turn your hand and look <laughs> right. like this. <laughs> to look back is longing to be there. Mm. That's an actual idiom in the Hebrew language. Wow. So I lo- she may have longed to be there. To become a pillar of salt also is an idiom, meaning to become a bitter person. Wow. So if you take the Hebrew language, that in specifically, did she literally look back and become this table salt? Yeah, <laughs> you know right. About? Or did she long to be, be, the, be there and become a bitter woman? Yeah. And maybe she did go back. Maybe we don't know what happened right. to her. But, but if we're to use our brains, and you've been married for a while, and <laughs> I've been married for a while, I think if we were to look at that and go, wait a minute, what would be the most likely thing to happen? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so, but that's to what you said. We look at things today in, in a, a scientific mode, mm-hmm. you know. For example, if I, if I had a glass of water and I handed it to you and asked you, would I just give you, you say oh, a, a cup of H2O. Right. However, you, in the thinking of the mind years ago, biblical times, I gave you a gift of love. You see, we yeah. perceive it differently. We read it differently. Therefore, it has to be the way we read it rather than the way it was written. Right. It's and our Western view of it, this has to be literal. Not just Western view. <laughs> uh, it's, it's this way worldwide now because wow. ever since the time frame of now we have the scientific world mm. in the last couple hundred years or a few hundred years, people think this way because this is the way our society is. Yeah. And we have to take in mind that is not the way society it was back then. Right. And so a lot of this is important. You know, when Nabal, uh, when David went down to get food and he was not going to give it to them, God struck him. He didn't move for 10 days. Oh, God struck him. He didn't move for 10 days. I mean, our picture is boom. <laughs> but really, in real life, you know, we think about this. Oh, most likely he had a stroke. Yeah. And then he died. Right. I mean, we have to understand the language of the day. Right. And, we, and it's important because when we look at it today and we want to give our two cents, sometimes it's not worth that because we're looking at it in our eyes of today and not considering back then. Absolutely. And, and it's just like the way that uh, things were have been, and I've talked about this before, the way things have been um, translated, we look at the word believe. Now, believe is a huge word. In the Old Testament and New Testament, okay? In the New Testament, it's uh, from the word pistuo, mm-hmm. okay? It's a Greek word. And it's written in the Gospel of John 90 times at least, and in his other writings another 30 or 40 times. Wow. Well, what we have is this word pistuo, as we've translated to the word believe, we look it up in the dictionary, and it says it's something that we understand to be true. Yeah. So any person saying, well, yeah, I understand that Jesus is true, therefore I am and have everlasting life, because I believe, understand. However, that word pistuo is not a passive word like it is in the dictionary. It's yeah. an active verb, which means it's something we act upon, follow, connect with. So we're doing, we're acting on, we're following the teachings. So if you're yeah. just thinking, I understand, therefore I am, that's false. So is that the same? Is that the same word? Uh, you said the word is pistuo. Pistuo. And now is that because faith? I know is pistis. Right. And so is so it's essentially and pistis is that what you said is that active word? Those who they're who, both the same. Wow. They're, except for pistis. Uh, well, let's let's back up historically. <laughs> how much time we have? <laughs> um, 
when we look at when we look at the translation of things, this say faith into uh, pistis, rather into Latin. Mm. It was faith. Okay. Okay. But when it went into English, the word faith, they added a th there. That is significant mm. because that th literally made that word fey or pistis in the English to be active. Wow. An active verb. And we don't look at it that way. Oh, it's faith is something we have. Well, we look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. No, keep reading. Yeah. Because it was when God told somebody to say to build the ark in his faith or because of faith, he built the ark. That was his faith by doing, by acting. Faith has a sense or has the fingers of obedience in it, mm. if, if you will. Yeah. And it, it's like the preface that pistuo is, P-I-S-T, pistas, P-I-S-T. It has the same, that same thing that, that together. They don't mean the same, but they're very well closely connected. Yeah. So, so we, need, it, it, we need to really grasp that. And I, that's where I have a problem with a lot of our pastors and teachers and so forth. They don't dig in to teach it properly. And so we have, a, so Christianity across the board, yeah. I believe, I think, is very watered down. And I think for these kinds of reasons. I think that kind of goes even to where um, part of it, part of it, I think, is because the American church has been so successful uh, as far as the money part goes. Uh, Definitely not the teaching part. So a lot of people, they sometimes we view the success of money as God's blessing when really it's the discipleship part that God goes. That's that's what it is. It's the from one passing on of knowledge from one generation to the next, the the passing on of his truth, his truth yeah. from one generation to the next of of rightly uh, of studying the word of God. You, you know, we we talked about uh, you know you teach you know you being able to teach a class on people of like hey don't just read God's word but study God's word mm-hmm. and what that looks like and how do you really dive into that to where you can really establish the truth of God's word and not get, well, how does this, how does this book serve me in my interest? I was in a, uh, an Eastern Europe country teaching um, this very idea about uh, believe in pistuo, and I mentioned all this, and I had a person go up and look it up and came back, you're right, <laughs> because they thought believe is just something we we have something mm-hmm. we do, not necessarily something we do. Yeah, I want to go on to the next because I want to I want to capture this idea of truth in a, in the noun form. Okay, the noun the Greek word for for uh, what we have as truth is aletheia. Okay, which is now your noun, and its meaning is not necessarily just ethical truth. Okay. But it's truth in all its fullness, okay, uh, and scope. It's perf- it's the perfect expression of truth mm. or, or truthfulness. Truth, not merely verbal, okay, as we think sometimes logos is, but sincerely sincerity and integrity of character. Why this is so important is because Jesus says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." What he's saying is, "I am, I am the embodiment." of all that is truth. Right. Not that I speak truth only, but I am the total embodiment. If we understand God's character, one of the very attributes of God is truth. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, I am that. Right. Right. And even if you go back earlier in, in uh, John 8, and correct me if I'm wrong, but John 8 is the same, this is the same place where uh, a woman is about to be stoned from a, a adultery, and Jesus says, uh, <laughs> "He says, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free." I think that, not to her, but yes. But yeah, he, but he but says in that, that yeah, chapter. But, but yeah, but he says in that just to bring the the, the yeah. contextual part of that is yeah. that he starts. But he looks at that and he says it, to to what you were saying is that he is saying, look. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you through free. And then in 836, he says, and whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. And he makes that connection point there in a contextual part in the same chapter where he's saying, hey, all of you are looking for truth, for a standard, for that full embodiment. And I believe at that point he's saying, just look to me. 
Yeah. And then I am that full embodiment of that truth. It's interesting. There's a, there's a few scriptures I, I want to read here. Um, so we, we all know John 14, you know, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one comes to the Father but except through me. However, lately I've been hearing say, oh, you, he says, you, nobody goes to heaven except through me. And that's not what he said. See, see how we talk about the, the truth yeah. and what people perceive. The, the truth is, he says, Father. Uh, there's another one. If we, in 1 John 1, 6, he says, If we say we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Yeah. This is the noun part of that. Of beca- Not only what you say is what you are. Yeah. What you do, it's what you are. Yeah. So I, I believe the characteristics that we're looking at, and truth is one of these, isn't just what we say or what we do. It's what we are, what we become. Right. Because we are to become the very nature of God. We're, we're to seek to become like Jesus. What was Jesus? Well, yeah, he was love, but he was also truth. Yeah. Yeah, reminds me in Psalm one nineteen, your word have I, you know your word have I hid in my heart mm-hmm. that I might not sin against sin against you. Yeah, it's it, it's that Old Testament and New Testament where Jesus goes, hey, I am I am that which you thought, which you said is, I you need to be like me. Where yeah. you, that's where sin doesn't happen. And this comes back to you know the honesty. Part and not totally honest. Thy word I have hid in my heart. What are we talking about? The scriptures? No. <laughs> I mean, yes, partially. Right. But when he says, your word I have hid in my heart, we're talking about the very nature of his truth, of him right. in our heart. To be like him, to be, to follow him, to, yeah. to do all the things that, that aspire to become holy. I mean, that's what God wants us to be, and that's what he. Did, I think the writer is saying there. Absolutely, because he's saying your word, and that was that was the, not just the the logos, the written, but the, the spoken word. What you taught me, mm-hmm. what what you've instructed me, what you showed me, which what you showed me to be truth, have yeah. I hid in my heart that I would not sin against you? It, it's an interesting. We talk about logos, so. Uh, if you read John chapter one, verses one all the way through eight. 14, 18, mm-hmm. 14 is a killer. I and mean, 14 is, is really, <laughs> it's the one that really you want to, it grasps, it, it tells it all. It solidifies it. But logos, okay, and I have this written here, is the expression of thought as embodiment, uh, as a conception or idea that says, it's a saying or a statement uh, by God. Okay, so word, um, for example, sometimes when you say the word, it's plural. The word that Jesus spoke, the words that he, in other words, the word is, is actually plural. Um, it's, a, it's a connection in the phrase, um, the word of the Lord. Okay, it's revealed, it's the very revealed, uh, revealing of God. Um, in the Old Testament, we have that, the word of the Lord, for example. Mm. Um, the message from the Lord, delivered with his authority, it's made effective by his power, discourse, speech, instruction, and doctrine. And it's so important that we understand. And it, but it's more than teaching. It's more than just what we say. It's more than what is written. It becomes that which is him. And we can tie that right into truth. So good. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think? No, I, no I, I mean, you hit it on the head. Like, there's nothing to add to that. Like, that's just spot on. It, 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 it is that just... Uh, whenever you find something that is that is true... People get behind it. I like to use sports analogies a lot because uh, Jesus taught in parables and how you said a lot of idioms of, hey, this is, let's use a story to communicate a truth. Most people think that, you know, God forgive me using a Texas one, but that the Dallas Cowboys are the greatest team ever. So they go and buy T-shirts, hats. (laughs) So people know that their belief is that that's my favorite team. That's the greatest team. That's the team that I want to support. That your lifestyle looks like what you believe. It looks like that truth. Yeah. Well, I think it's... uh, It really needs to be part of our foundation. When we say, or we want to claim that we are a believer in Jesus, Mm -hmm. we are a Christian... We need to pursue the very attributes of God. Yeah. 
um, in the beginning it says in Genesis that God created us uh, in his image. When we look at his image, what are we looking at? We're looking at holiness. Yeah. And within holiness, we see all these other attributes. We can see them in the fruit of the Spirit. You know, we can see them all over. These are the attributes of God. This is, and God says, be holy because I am holy. He yeah. says it several times in the Old Testament. Peter says it in Peter. I mean, it's, it's all through the Scripture. We need right. to seek holiness. Be holy for he is holy. Yeah. What is this telling us? It means that all those things that are connected whether it be love or forgiveness or justice or truth, you know, and on and on, is part of that very essence that we need to seek and become. Yeah, it's that, it's what we had said at the beginning of, of this part of the show, is it's where your launching point. Are you off six yeah. inches down here? And then we look up there and we go, wait a minute, what happened? Well, you started pursuing your truth yeah. and not God's truth. Yeah. And you started that from the very beginning. So when we go to launch out on a new endeavor, uh, let's make sure that we're focusing on what is God's truth in this and how do I mold my life to that and not try to take that to mold it into my life. That's a perfect ending to this program. <laughs> well, we are out of time and oh, thank you for coming. This was really enjoyable. Oh, good. I thank really you so much for having really me. Appreciate you coming. Uh, I want to thank everybody for watching our program, for supporting us. Do share this. Do subscribe if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel. And everyone, you all have a wonderful day, a wonderful week, and aloha. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.